With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, Taryn's back to give you deeds again. He's digging deep on Survivor to find you everything you need. So if your life is packed, let Taryn and his friends break down the episode beyond what the casual sees. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Survivor Stockwatch podcast. Uh, this is a this is a bit of a, a special episode. I've been uh, I've been a little bit busy with the end of Big Brother, and I haven't had a chance to talk about the first two episodes of the show. Uh, and I've also I've wanted to talk to a a particular person about Survivor for a little while. So this is going to be kind of like a general episode talking about survivor uh what we've seen so far this season and uh and just like the show as a whole as well and uh, a a i have a very special guest to uh to talk with me about all Ooh. of it uh somebody i'm very excited to talk with uh andrew panton from the I get a, I, oh go ahead I was, no, I was gonna say i can't believe i get very special that is a rare qualifier i'm, I'm used to much lesser terms barely mediocre uh, average at best. Very <laughs> special is a rare. I'm going to take this. I'm enjoying this. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize for cutting off. Continue. Well, let me say, uh, Andrew, that um, I am I am a podcaster. I do lots of podcasts mm-hmm. and, um, you know, no, no shade to any of my friends. Uh, but you are a part of uh, my favorite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much. <laughs> which is, uh, which is uh, really, I, I think, unfortunately, because it's difficult for me to tell people about the name of this podcast <laughs> called the <laughs> Face Podcast. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough branding on several levels. It also is like a weird thing where I, that's so kind of you that you, you love our show so much, but also like makes me question you a little bit, <laughs> not knowing you at all, because it is. I don't know how I would describe the podcast that we make. It is a, a disaster in many ways, but I'm glad you enjoy it as much as you do. We love making. Yeah, you know, um, so the, 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 is, I believe you referred to it on, um, or it is being referred to on another show that you do that we'll talk about as bleep face, which uh, yeah. I thought was, was a great way because now I know how I should talk about it with people because <laughs> I don't have my bleep button uh, on hand most of the time. Uh-huh. So, yeah, no, it's difficult. It's a complicated thing yeah. to use. Um, so uh, the the Bleep Face podcast is part of uh, part of Rooster Teeth uh, as a whole. Rooster Teeth um, is, uh, is a, a company that I have followed for a long time. In fact, uh, you know, probably over a decade now at this point, the first two podcasts I ever got into um, were oh, wow. the drunk tank podcast and Rob has a podcast, the podcast that we're currently on. Um, <laughs> it was those two podcasts. Uh, and so we're kind of combining these two worlds, uh, right now. That's exciting. Yeah. When did you discover, was it through the podcast that you discovered Rooster Teeth or I, I know you're a big Halo two guy, right? Yeah, it was, it was red versus blue, um, that, uh, that got me into Rooster Teeth and I was following that for a while. Eventually, like I was big into, like, I loved, I went on the website and I uh, mm-hmm. would look at the the comics. Um, oh yeah, of of the yeah, the great. staff, uh, and then like the shorts and the podcast, and then you know Achievement Hunter Let's Play started. Uh, for me, that started with uh, that baseball game with Gavin and and Jeff, okay. uh, yeah. which was uh, where he like uh, was having bathroom issues. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, you know, from there I was, I just, I've, I've always been a big follower. I, I, uh, I think that the, the bleep face podcast is, uh, the best thing they're doing right now. Oh. Maybe one of the best oh, things I've ever so done. Much. Oh, it's very kind of you to say. Um, it's interesting. I, I feel like we probably had very similar entries into rooster teeth as like a fandom and mm. being part of that community. It's also a big halo two guy and finding red versus blue at that time was. Like, this is great. This is a thing I love and they're making it funny and doing like a unique thing with it. So, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's cool to know what the name of the show is that I'm on. I realized when you did the intro, <laughs> I didn't even know what a show I agreed to. I had no idea <laughs> what we're doing. It's, I don't know the structure of this. Yeah, it's a little confusing because um, the, the podcast is called Rob is a podcast because um, okay. Rob Sesternino, who was on Survivor Amazon and All Stars, uh, mm-hmm. he's the guy that runs the podcast. Um, I, uh, but I'm not Rob. So when I tell people I have a podcast and I, and they ask me what the name is, I have to be like, ah, this is going to be, <laughs> <laughs> you get my pain. It's I a do. different pain, <laughs> yeah. but it's a real struggle to ever explain what you're doing to anybody. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough sell. So one of the things, so my main, the main show I talk about is Big Brother. And one of the things we do there is we, uh, we rate the players in the game from one to 10 based on how well we think they're doing. Um, so this is like that, uh, version of the, of a podcast for survivor. Don't worry though. I'm not going to have you rate the players. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've already gone through uh, a couple of episodes. I've been busy with the finale coverage and 
Um, I'm going to do a, a separate sort of like episode three specific podcast where we're going to rate the players for episode three. Um, this is going to be more of a, of a general thing, but, uh, but, uh, still very fun. Yeah. I'm excited. I haven't thought about ranking the players in that ranking. So this is kind of going through my head of who would I put one? Who would I put last? Does it shift? Oh, I imagine yeah. it shifts pretty dramatically. Episode to episode. Who's shifts the all the time. Ten? And the thing about survivor that's interesting is that on big brother, you have live feeds so you have a very good idea of what's happening live with the players at all times uh with survivor you know you're beholden to the edit and uh you know it's hard to know like okay i think this player might be doing well but is that just because they have a good edit or are they actually doing well and if they're like if we're not seeing them at all does that mean they're doing poorly or is that just does that just mean that they're not getting you know much visibility right so it's it can be tricky yeah how do you evaluate a move like what Gabler did in the first episode that I thought in a way was genius, but not at all purposeful? It didn't read like a strategic move, but weaponizing your shot in the dark, I thought was such a fascinating mechanic to use. Like nobody wanted to vote for him because it seemed like there'd be an inherent risk because even like if you wanted him out, he could pull it. Like just declaring to everybody that you intend on doing this and there's nothing they could do to change that. Like, it just seems like a fascinating gamble. Yeah. Like it it I, divides the votes in a weird way. And it like almost gives you protection in a sense, potentially, it, depending on how they evaluate the split. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh, like a, a, a smaller version of just declaring that you're going to play an immunity idol. Right. Like uh, the, yeah. the, the immunity idol bluff where it's like, I've got this. I'm definitely going to use it no matter what. So if you if you waste your vote on me, then you're wasting your vote. Um and uh but but the difference is that everybody has a shot in the dark and so you always have the ability to just be like you know what just so everyone knows i'm playing the shot in the dark if uh if you don't have the votes to split the votes on me then you're taking a one in six chance that uh i'm just gonna fire randomly into one of you and you're gonna be yeah and i feel like so early in the game especially like i feel like you just don't want to take the risk of that one in six like, I feel like you just wouldn't want to. OK, we can't do Gabler. Let's do somebody else because I don't want to go home on one vote or two votes. Like, I feel like at that point, it's the easiest to pick from. You have the largest tribe you could possibly have. And the relationships probably aren't formed yet. That'd be kind of easy to be like, OK, I'll single this person out instead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's a it's a good Hail Mary play if you're in that spot. Uh, but long, long term, probably not best for building relationships. No, totally not. Like, I think you have to use it in episode one. If you use it, what would happen? Would they all drop? What if everybody pulled? What if everyone fired their shot in the dark at the same time? Oh, man, now I'm, I'm getting Siri flashbacks. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> there's no votes. There's literally no, so do they go to a rock draw like nobody would have a vote. What if everybody was immune? Could mm. they break the game? Like I know statistically impossible. Is there a rule against that? that we're well, the, it, it came it came close in Game Changers. Everybody was immune except for Siri. Um, and uh, and so she by default was was voted out or not voted out, but eliminated, I guess. Uh, but theoretically, she could have been immune, I think. Right. If there had been one more immunity somewhere along the the way, um, I, I would imagine that they would have to just come up with some other rule. Like if yeah, everybody's immune, to, nobody's immune. But that's like the problem 
of oh, I guess yeah. Would it come down to would it be a, an immunity off like off the draw? Like if everybody went in, we're not voting. Nobody's voting. We're all pulling our shots in the dark. You would most likely have at least a few people who don't pull it. I assume like what what the six people tribes right at the start. Yep. So statistically, one person will probably be immune, and then everybody else isn't immune. What is the next step? Because nobody can vote. <laughs> what would that be? Is that a rock draw? Like I, think I don't you'd rock I'd love draw to see- between the people who didn't get the immunity from the shot in the dark. Yeah, right? I think you'd have to. Yeah, I think you'd have to. That's just that'd be a fascinating scenario that will never happen. But it's just, what if it did? Yeah. How do you feel about the shot in the dark? Do you like it? Uh, yeah. It's tough to like evaluate. It, it just feels like so yet. many things. Yeah. And not only like for it to work, like it just to be in a position where you feel comfortable taking it and you actually need it and for it to work. I think it creates an interesting dynamic as far as strategy goes and having to evaluate votes. Like I think it, it adds a wrinkle in a non-intrusive way, generally speaking. Um, but it would be nice to see it actually come into use and have an impact in the game. Yeah, I like that it, it it basically can create intrigue on even the most straightforward of votes where it's still like, uh, well, yeah. we all know we're voting this person, but what if they play their shot in the dark and what if it you know lands a certain way? Um, and so I, I like that. It, I like what it does there for the for the episodes and then also strategically adding that element of like you can't be sure you you know, you should be splitting your votes to make sure that it doesn't you know, uh, get messed mm-hmm. up by a shot in the dark. And if you're splitting your votes, that means you're going to have to put votes on somebody else. And that means that you're going to have to sort of extend yourself with that relationship. Like, are you harming that relationship by putting votes on them? And so uh, I think it does some good things. It's just a very interesting use case for it, because for someone to accurately play it, they need to not feel safe at all. And I feel like that's sort of the goal with a lot of the people that have been blindsided while they're when they've been like, oh, I should have used my shot in the dark is them being able to establish that trust that the vote is not going to go against them. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing where it almost it truly is like you have to be at the bottom of your tribe, be aware of it and just not at all flip it under any scenario. Yeah. Yeah. That and- could almost be an interesting thing, too, where like if there has been an alliance to a point where it's clearly like somebody's at the bottom, but then something happens and they want to utilize that vote. The frustration of that person not trusting you, like being like, no, I need your vote. Like we do not, we do not want to vote you out. Please like do not play your shot. We need this. We want to flip on this person. Yeah. Uh, speaking of needing votes, uh, how have you felt about the, uh, the new version of the beware advantage where uh, instead of having, having to say ridiculous phrases, um, we are now uh, having to collect beads like they're, uh, um, you know, Thanos's uh, Infinity Stones. <laughs> I definitely, I think I prefer the bead system uh, quite a bit. I was so excited in the last episode because I really, I thought that they they were going to leave. So Carl, like, what was her? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on. Um, this week was NECA last Carla. week. Yeah, oh, Carla, Carla, but was, Carla, Carla found it. Yes. Yeah. She found it and she put it back and I was like, oh, this is great. I don't has has anyone done that in the history of the show? Like just left in advance, like completely left it, like not gone back to it. So last season um, or not last season, wasn't it season 41 where Jeannie was convinced to leave it behind and then. Uh, right. Yeah. Shan. And then yeah. Shan went and took it. Yes, that is. I had a vague memory of that, but I was trying to remember the specifics. I it's such a unique 
okay, Survivor incentivizes people to gamble so heavily, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like we've seen like a sample size of what happens when you don't. Yeah. Like I just, I think there could be a use case to not always going for it. And there's like this real tone of like, by not going for it, you're somehow failing strategically where I don't think that's the case at all. So I was really excited to see somebody actively decide, like, I like where my game is going, losing a vote uh, right now just doesn't really make sense for me. I don't know the specifics of how this advantage will work. Like, obviously, I have a general idea because I've seen it, but you never know how it could potentially change. I'm not going to use it. And I thought that was really interesting and then immediately got thrown away when they just went and got it. And it was cool because they talked about how them not grabbing it was like more of a reflection of the doubt they have in themselves and like building self-confidence and playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think strategically it'd be so interesting to see somebody actually not take it and, and feel like they're not penalizing themselves for not taking it or even weaponizing it. Like, I think that could be a really interesting thing where 99% of the time people are going to take that. If you know where it is and you want somebody who to not have a vote, yeah, like kind of guiding them to it almost in like a way that Dave did with Jay of like a fake, mm-hmm. a fake I, I just know it's not the exact same comparable, but it's just the idea of like baiting somebody into taking a thing that will impact them negatively. Yeah. I think that's super interesting. I think, um, especially I think the, the tricky part is that you don't know what the requirement is for getting totally. the vote back. I think in this case it would probably work because if you intentionally lead somebody to the thing, you can probably like, like, let's say, you know where it is. Let's say you're Carla, Mm -hmm. you want to prevent somebody on your tribe from voting. You can go like, Hey, can you come out, talk with me on this, on this walk, walk toward it and and be like, what is that? Uh, Like whatever it is, like get them Mm -hmm. to find it. They'll probably Mm -hmm. open it in your presence and read it. Yep. So now, you know, uh, what the requirement is. And in this particular instance, if she knows it's the beads, then she can go to at least one person and be like, mm-hmm. listen, don't give them the beads. You, no matter what. We need, to come up, we need a story right now. Yeah. These beads are the, the most important thing in my life. I went out here. My mom told me she wanted beads from Survivor. It's the only thing. I can't give you these. I'm sorry. Every bead is important. <laughs> yeah um and then uh so then like the the only problem is that like uh i think that if it doesn't turn out to be something like that and instead it is something like uh like oh you have to say this at uh, at the next challenge it's another classic case of the bunny rabbit having dinner in the mailbox <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing you can do to stop them there probably yeah although so. it was interesting that uh last season how they tried to to prevent mike from uh from talking about uh, or from using his phrase um yeah so yeah was- i think there's there's a lot of interesting stuff uh that you can do with with this for sure. Yeah. And the, the phrase thing was always very confusing to me on how it worked because <laughs> I felt like the wording was that you had to say it every time. But like strategically, I think it's interesting to not say it like Mike did, but yep. it felt like the other people were maybe prompted in doing so. Like it just it was a strange the rules around it were, were murky. It felt, yeah, it felt to me like they hadn't considered the strategic benefit of not saying it. And so they just kind of like didn't realize that people might not want to do it. And then when, then when they came up with that idea, they were like, Oh yeah, that actually makes sense. I guess you can do that. Uh, even though it wasn't really written that way. Yeah. It also is like an interesting thing of what if they vote it? So let's just play out the scenario we brought up of you guide somebody to the beats. You, they get it. You see what the advantage is. If you vote them out, 
the advantage goes back into the game. Do you think it would be beads again, or do you think they would change that based um, off of what has happened? That's interesting. It, I feel like it would probably, I feel like they probably would still go with beads, but I, it, you know, I think they probably <laughs> should do something they different. They just keep getting beads. It, it would be super interesting, but wait, what, oh yeah, what if, what if they get the beads and then they're blindsided yeah. with the idol? Okay. Absolutely. And then they yeah, take the beads with them. Yeah, that's like I have no idea what the scenario is for that. Like, it's just, right? I'd like to see it come into play. Um, can you somehow convince the person that's already left to come back and give them the beads? It's like the jacket all over again. Of like, hey, beads, can you give me beads? Yeah. Hey, I'd, I'd like the beads, please. Because it would be really weird if they just the beads. keep giving beads. Yeah, like if if production just keeps handing out beads to people, that right. will, to an extent, seem odd. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Not that I want, um, I'd love for Cody to stay in the game for longer, but if he gets blindsided, I I just want to see what would they do. Does he have to give? Do they hide the beads? Like, do the beads become an idol that someone can find? Like, what is? The mechanism for that. It'd be funny if like uh, they come back to camp and his hat is just sitting there. It's like, why is, <laughs> why is his hat here? No, a hidden immunity hat is something I had never <laughs> considered, but could get fully behind. Yes. <laughs> That'd be great. You have to, you have to wear it to travel. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to wear it. And it could maybe be a thing like you could charge it. So it could be like a super idol and it becomes like a top hat. Like there could be layers to the hat. Like the hat could reflect the power that the person has this is a great terrible idea that i'd love to see i do i like this idea because i like the idea of like okay this is an immunity idol but in order for it to function you need to be wearing it uh at tribal <laughs> but so you need to convince everyone that this is just like a funny affectation of yours that you like you like cody just <laughs> like making random pieces of uh clothing that you're gonna put on <laughs> this is great i didn't even consider it from that angle yeah. Like imagine just finding like a ridiculous like feather boa. And that's like your you just have to convince people that this is that this is what you wear. This is part of your attire. And then, and then when you get to the merge, the other tribe's gonna be like, did they wear the hat? I'm like, what? <laughs> I just really want to see somebody make a fake immunity boa type thing or hat. <laughs> I want to see a fake immunity hat. So bad. Oh man, yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How have you, how have you liked, so we've, we're in the new era of Survivor, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, post uh, Winners at War. Um, we've had uh, sort of a shift in editing style where I've seen, I've seen this talked a lot uh, about a lot this season that we're really diving deep into these players' backstories. Um, how, how, how have you liked that so far uh, this season and sort of like in the new era? Yeah, I, I think they've worked out a lot of kinks with it. I've enjoyed this iteration of the modern era the most, I'd say, so far. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed this season. 41 felt really forced in a lot of ways in some of those the coverage of it. And also just sort of corny in how they displayed it. And yeah. that could just be a personal preference thing. But like the idea that like memories have a color to them, like they're golden and kind of shimmer around, like just some of the creative choices around displaying those moments uh, felt kind of cheesy to me. Um, but I've enjoyed this season quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the way that they've gone into the players is important. It's nice to be invested, obviously in the people that you're watching that makes every vote theoretically more compelling. Um, yeah, I think they've done a good job of like having compelling characters and also not pushing it to a point in which it, it feels corny. Yeah. Um, so I guess we we never really set this up, but you you are a, a lifelong Survivor fan. Um, I am. How, how did you get into the show? I came in, I think I was like, I was six, I want to say, when the first season of Survivor aired mm. and we started watching it as a family about halfway through. And I just thought it was I, somebody who's always really loved games. And it was just such Survivor at that time was a massive show that kind of everyone watched. You couldn't avoid it. Um, and so just it, it became sort of a family viewing activity. And I just thought the game was so interesting. It was the only one in my family that was cheering for Richard Hatch at that time. Uh, <laughs> and just seeing um, just the outrage around. It's just fascinating. Uh, it's a, it is a great show. So, yeah, I started sort of halfway through season one, became a ritual. Uh, which we'd watch every season together. And then over time, it became something that my mom and I would really connect with. And so every Wednesday, do my best to like spend time with my mom. We watch Survivor together. We've seen every season at this point. Though I haven't dabbled in like Australia. I really need to. That's a hole in kind of my Survivor watching experience. I've only seen the American version of the show. Mm. Yeah, there's some good stuff. It's it's difficult for me too, because uh, they they have like, three episodes a week at like two hours an episode. It's like, it's Oh wow. A, yeah. It's a lot, but, it, but at the same time, it's, it, it is a kind of different experience. You get a lot more, uh, out of it, uh, sometimes because you do get to spend a lot more time. Um, but yeah, definitely a big, uh, big time commitment, uh, for those, for those. Um, what, how, how do you feel about Jeff Probst, uh, our, our host, uh, <laughs> survivor and now executive producer as well? Um, cause I feel like he's, he's gotten, uh, progressively goofier, especially in the new era, uh, as he like opened season 41 talking to the camera directly. <laughs> he seems to have yeah. dropped that for now. Yeah, well, I mean, there's always been a layer of goofiness with mm-hmm. Jeff across all eras, like him hopping on a helicopter with the, the votes <laughs> at the end. Yeah. They're like riding in on these vehicles like there's always a level of cheesiness. It does seem that it has extended 
uh, with him as an executive producer more so. I think he's so good at the player interaction aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't imagine anybody else doing as good of a job as he does in terms of that. But Jeff Probst, like the shoutcaster and like him always talking about monsters and like a lot of it's fascinating that I fundamentally disagree with a lot of the things I hear him say about the game and like what makes it interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but I think he's great as far as the player interaction goes and leading tribal councils. It's a very strange blend of like perfect and also just like terrible, in my opinion. Certain <laughs> yeah. ways. Um, uh, it's it's been it's been interesting um because i do feel like he he's dialed back a little bit this season um i think yes. uh, i think he probably he i think he was I, I feel a little bit i feel like he was very excited to talk to the cameras um and then everyone made fun of him and now he's like okay fine yeah and like he's terrible is a strong word for me to say for his thing it's just they're corny there's a level of corniness with him that is not present at all in my opinion, when he's conducting things like tribal council, mm -hmm. even the challenges he can be good at at times. But um, I think he, he's so I can't imagine the show without him. Like any yeah. criticism I may have of his hosting, I think that is a, a completely different series uh, if he's not part of it. And, and I love the show. So it's, it's hard to uh, remove the two in any capacity. Yeah, and having having watched uh, the CBS challenge recently, oh, God. Uh, Tyson talked about how uh like if jeff probst was running this production it would have been considerably more professional like he like it was like yeah. a, such a, a mess tj lavin is a really interesting staple for the challenge because he's he's the host mm -hmm. i love tj somebody who i also love the challenge um but it really doesn't feel like he does much in terms of the show. Yeah, like it really he's more it doesn't of like a feel, host, yeah, than a than a yeah, like a genuine host. But it doesn't even seem like he he's aware of necessarily what's happening in the game outside mm -hmm. of when there's like an extreme example. Um, it's fascinating the the differences between the two. For sure, Jeff seems so much more involved in everything. Obviously, he is as an executive producer, but it's. Uh, even before that, it just it, it feels he feels like an important piece in how the information is delivered and getting people to discuss things. Yeah, which is a, a skill. I think I think, you know, more than anything else, he just has a lot of passion for uh, for the product, oh, which totally. I think is I think it really like shows through. Um, I talk Absolutely. about that a lot in comparison to like Big Brother, where, you know, I'm obviously a big Big Brother fan, but uh I don't think the people that make the show Big Brother are as passionate about it as most of the people that watch yeah. the show. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, all right, let's let's talk a little bit about the cast. Um, is, is there anyone that like stands out to you? I love Gabler. And I, I know like not from a game perspective, like I know he's just not there's no scenario I could see in which he ever wins this show. But he's just a wild card in a really fun way to me. Mm -hmm. Um. As opposed to like Cody is a different type of wild card. I, I really enjoy both of them. Cody seems calculated and like mm. there's some level of strategy happening and he's just like a fun character. The salesman puts a target on salesman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gabler just doesn't he he doesn't seem strategic minded. It doesn't seem like he has that deep of a knowledge necessarily of the game as a whole. Um, but he feels like somebody that has the potential to ruin a lot of other people's games <laughs> yeah. through just existing and like not even trying to do that, but just like having, of course, he would be the one that ends up with the advantage. And it just feels like a lot of things could bounce his way. So he's a type of character I, I try to enjoy on Survivor because they're most likely not going to last for all too long. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I'd that, say Gabler is probably my favorite. 
In that in that first vote, you had uh, Ellie and Janine sort of uh, going with the majority with with Owen with Owen, Sammy, and and Gabler to vote out Mariah. Uh, and there was concern because they had like talked about uh, a women's thing that like maybe they shouldn't do that because then they'd be outnumbered. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, next couple of episodes, it does, in fact, seem like the guys might be getting together. Uh, do you feel like uh, they made a mistake there? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's tough to like alliances like that. It, it just doesn't it's tough for them to work because you don't necessarily like on a surface level. It makes sense. But I don't know if they made a wrong move. I think they're overplaying now with mm. like trying to trick Gabler with the idol thing. That seems like such a low percentage play as far as if it works. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just feels like so many things could go wrong. Well, literally like all odds, he has to do is read the thing again. Yeah. Like you're really banking on him. Like even if you convince him in that moment, the odds of him checking it again seem high. I couldn't imagine anyone not like even one to just open it. It feels like you can't escape the rules. Like it's a really tight compartment. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, and also to do that, and maybe it's an editing thing. I don't know how often they show things out of sequence potentially, but like to do it before a challenge, like mm-hmm. in the context in which they did it, like there's so much time. Like you don't, that's a lie that I feel like you tell when you're going to tribal or you're, you're definitely going, you're going to head soon. Like giving a lot of time for that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, I think you always want to avoid, um, I, cause I think the main mistake here is that, she told uh, 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 at least two other people, hey, I'm going to go do this thing where I'm being very deceptive to Gabler. Yes. Uh, then waited <laughs> and then did the thing, right? <laughs> You've basically given these people uh, tons of ammunition that they could then use. Uh, we see Sammy take it up and he tells Gabler ahead of time she's planning on doing this. And then that just brings you to the worst case scenario where you are trying to actively play somebody to their face and they know exactly what you're doing. Um, and uh, and that's just like that's just it's that's a bad place to be like that's a that's a very difficult place to rebuild a relationship oh, from. Yeah. Uh, and and she just gave away uh, that uh, that leverage um, to somebody else who decided to use it. I'd love to know if there was any reading of the room as well with that. Like maybe we didn't see, like maybe she had conversation. I feel like there's a way that you could talk to him about that and see what his perspective is on the advantage. Mm-hmm. Like the only way I could see this working is if he felt that it was the first two, regardless of if he went or not, that it was just the fir- next two tribal councils, first and second, then it's destroyed or you can't use it anymore effectively. Yeah. Um, like would get a read on that because like if he thinks that then maybe you could like further cement that and maybe he doesn't and it doesn't seem as sinister i think you said it perfectly where like the the biggest mistake made was vocalizing that you're deceiving this person Mm -hmm. because if they just had that internal didn't tell anyone you can make the honest like conversation like gabler could potentially be like oh you know what i read it actually i am immune at the next one you could be like oh that's so great like i'm so happy for you internally mm-hmm. you're you hate it but like it just it seemed like a very messy way to try to extract that information yeah for sure uh we'll see where that uh where that goes for the uh, i tend to call the tribes by their uh colors um mm-hmm. in the beginning uh yellow tribe i believe they're baka uh right now um we'll see where that goes for baka uh we also have the um 
the Vesey tribe, which is the red tribe, uh, mm-hmm. who just voted out uh, Justine and NECA back to back. I also felt like this was a bit of a mistake. Um, oh, totally. From from their end, uh, because from my from my perspective, if you're going to vote out NECA, you do that first. You do you go yes. you vote out NECA. You say tribe strong. You stick with Justine. But by voting out Justine first. They've blindsided Dwight and Noel, then gone back and eliminated their own ally. And I felt like uh, like that's that's just like not the play, because if I'm if I'm Noel and uh, and Dwight, I'm never fully trusting Jesse and so, Cody. Yeah, that, that bridge has been burned and it just doesn't make sense where the, the most valuable thing I feel like in a game like survivor is having alliances you can trust and really believe in. And there's a real sense that NECA would never betray yeah. Cody or Jesse. Like that seemed like a really strong group. So I don't know why, like to what advantage you have, especially I imagine there'll be a tribe swap at some point in the mm-hmm. near future with three, three teams. I, I, I could be wrong in, in exactly the timing we, of that. Yeah. I feel like we usually drop down into like, tribes of two or two tribes of uh or yeah right. two tribes instead of three um because if you go too long with the three tribe format then you might just like eliminate an entire tribe oh totally yeah it just didn't it didn't make sense to me that they would want to turn on NECA when they seem so loyal the justine vote made sense to me like it's tough yeah. when someone's walking around talking about like i can lie and i'm good at it <laughs> like i'm great that's like a threat and i understand the move and even though they're an asset physically it's like you said they they can't what they did makes no sense. Like the, the mm-hmm. sequence in which they did it. And if you're going to commit to a path, you kind of have to stay on that path. I don't see how this makes them stronger going forward. I agree. Yeah. Like um, it makes the team, a very temporary team stronger, maybe theoretically, but as far as their positioning in the game ahead, and this is, feels like a disastrous move. I also didn't understand why Dwight wasn't in consideration at all. Like not even a mention of like a possible option. Yeah, especially after Jesse like fully blindsided him, which I thought totally. was also a mistake. Like, it, you know, uh, just tell Dwight what you're going to do. You are the one that has the vote. He doesn't. At the end of the day, he just he's going to have to accept it. I think he's going to take it better if you say, look, I hear I hear what you're saying about NECA, but I really just want to vote out Justine. Um, at least you're being honest with him and you're not giving him evidence mm-hmm. that you're going to be hiding things from him in the future. Yeah, the, the trust that they had with NECA I feel like will never be attainable with Dwight yep. at this point. Definitely. So it didn't, with what we saw, it made no sense to me to get rid of NECA and not at all. Like they, they kind of opened with them talking about the possibility of having to vote out Dwight. But then when it came time to have those conversations, it didn't feel like he was in consideration at all. Yeah. I, I wonder because uh, Noel ends up getting the steal a vote. And uh, I yes. did wonder, like, OK, if you have this steal a vote, is there a play where you go to Jesse and um, and to Cody and say, hey, I've got this, which means that no matter what happens tonight, me and Dwight are going to be in control of the vote. You can either come with us and I can not have to use this steal a vote and we can use it as a team moving into a merge or we can continue to sort of like battle this out. Uh, and. I think that's a risky play because you're you're giving away what you've got. Um, and if you you decide not to use it and they have blindsided you again, then you're in real trouble. But at the same time, it could be like a good way of of getting what you want without having to use it and sort of like bonding the team more. 
I'm assuming she didn't have to do this considering it wasn't in the episode. Um, yes. Sometimes there are plays like this that get left out of the episode. Uh, so, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe something like that will, will pop up in exit press. But, um, you know, I think that uh, I was wondering if that would be a play from her uh, and yeah, maybe we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a tough scenario potentially, right? Because let's say, so if she steals one of their votes, right? Mm-hmm. But Cody has uh, an idol. If he played that effectively, isn't there a scenario in which they could end up in rocks? Right. How would so that work? How would let's the math say, of let's that? say she steals, um, you know, uh, Cody's vote. Um, and now she has two votes. She puts those two votes on NECA. Uh, Dwight puts one vote on NECA. That's three votes NECA. Um, and, uh, theoretically one vote, let's say they're still voting out, uh, Noel. Um, if Cody successfully played the vote, the idol on NECA, then it would just go the one vote from Jesse on Noel would probably land. Right. Hmm. Yeah. No, that, I think that that makes sense. It's tough as well. Like you're saying, if you approach and say like, Hey, your guys votes don't matter. Like as, as much as there's a trust issue, the lines are very clearly divided at that point. Like there is yeah. no, even if there's a swap, like I feel like the way things are, obviously it's going to be tough to actually fully trust anybody. Uh, Noel and Dwight, as far as Cody and Jesse goes, but depending on how the teams are reshuffled, there could be a scenario in which you could build some level of trust. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a numbers situation, which it would be advantageous to do so. That was my thing too, where they were talking about like, you know, we need, strength we can't afford to lose any more members but you know they're already down in numbers at this point they're already at the lowest like they they will have four people left everyone else will have five or six um i think that there's a point in which you you just you're better off just committing to that um if they if they're willing to go down to four and then hey let's say worst case scenario they do lose again they go down to three at least it's a really tight three and if you do get into a merge situation, um, then the two bigger groups are much more likely to to be taking shots at each other and needing support. Right. You can sort of play the middle ground there. Um, yes. uh, a big, uh, big thing that uh, we used to talk about was the, the intentional Matt Singh, um, mm-hmm. where Matt Singh goes down to just Malcolm and Denise and they end up in that crucial swing spot uh, it, once they get to emerge uh, or a, a swap and then emerge. Um, and then, you know, they both end up kind of dominating the game. It's not a bad place to be, especially if you have a very tight core of Absolutely. people who have been like working together really closely. And and because Cody and um, and Jesse are working so closely together and they're the ones making this call, worst, absolute worst case scenario, they lose. They don't swap even once they get down to three. They can just vote NECA out there at that point and mm-hmm. then just go in as a duo. Uh, which is very similar to what happened with Shan and Ricard, which worked out pretty well for them for a little while, at least until they decided to turn on each other. Yeah. That was like a weird, not trust, but trust. Like they were very honest with each other and you could trust that, but they were, the honesty was that they would have to turn at a certain point. Um, It's strange. I would like to see the perspective of, because Noelle got her advantage because two other people allowed her to have it. Yeah. This is a conversation that they had under the context of I'm going to target a real heavy hitter and we're going to take out a big person in this game. Their main point of reference for NECA is the challenges. I wonder how 
aware they are of her performance in them so far and if there will be any feelings of like that's your heavy hitter like we gave you this thing and this is this is how you've used it like what what will the dynamics be of seeing how the tribe is formed at the next challenge i wondered about that because we did get a very specific um confessional i think it was uh was it from james um, who said that, uh, like, Hey, she said, she's going to like, if I can give this to her and she'll take out a, a heavy hitter, um, then great. Uh, I feel like maybe they included that because maybe he does have a reaction to wait a minute. You used the thing that we gave you to take out NECA. So yeah. hold on. You said you were at the bottom and that you weren't like strong with your tribe. That seems to me like you're still tribe strong right now. Uh, maybe, maybe you're not somebody that we can work with. Yeah, it it feels like a weird not use. And I I get Noelle's position of like, if I don't have to use this, why would I? Mm -hmm. But just in the context in which you received it, the optics of Aneka going home after promising a heavy hitter seems like it would be a tough sell. But I guess we don't know the extent in which they had those talks. Like maybe she really hyped up her social game or I guess uh, you would assume that's who her target would be all along. would be Neca in this scenario. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I guess theoretically, she could try to hype her game up to them on their walk. Yeah, I wonder that that might be a, a good play. I think it's interesting because you look at it from Owen and James uh, and like their perspective and they feel like, OK, we just gave this thing to her. That's going to be good for our relationship moving forward. But it, these things can actually in a weird way backfire where now if she feels like, OK, I told them I was at the bottom and I needed this. Uh, and I would take out a big target. Turns out I didn't need it. And I took out NECA. Uh, so mm-hmm. if she's anticipating, they're going to be mad at me for going back on this. Now she might be looking to target them more than anybody else because she might feel <laughs> like they're going to come for her. Uh, and oh. this good, this nice gesture that they did uh, might really backfire. <laughs> <laughs> she might use yeah, the steal just, a vote to take them out. That would be incredible. That'd be a fantastic turn of events if it worked that way. But I just, I, yeah, it's such a weird calculation. Yeah. Because I feel like both of them feel pretty comfortable in their current setups. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's always an inherent risk of not having a vote. Like it puts you in a very compromised position and not having gone. Well, no, that's not true. They, some of them have. Um, yeah. And so it's weird. It's a weird thing that to me that they were so open to it because those advantages, the culture around advantages is they're so important. And you need them and any opportunity to not get them is a failure. So like them to just give it away. Sort of an interesting dynamic within the episode itself where there there was, you know, the moment with the beware advantage where there was that that conversation or thought of like, I'm not going to use this. I like where my game's at. And then, no, I need to because Survivor is all about taking risks and going for the advantages while two other players just gifted an advantage to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Especially, um, yeah, especially Owen, who knows what Gabler got. Which was yeah. such a powerful advantage. Uh, huge advantage. Basically just guaranteed safety for the next two tribals you attend, uh, which is wild. Yeah, that is a fascinating, and it would be interesting to learn if somehow you could get that knowledge, because Owen doesn't know if they get put together again, maybe an assumption of that they have an idol that they're safe with. Mm, yeah, because yeah, he might he might assume that, uh, that what... Um, what noel got is 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 like that like uh like a temporary idol maybe that's why he felt like he was okay giving it away because he was like well i don't really need it safety i feel like i'm in a good spot 
Uh, and if she gets a temporary one, then I won't need to worry about it come a merge. But it turns out steal a vote could theoretically be one of one of the more valuable things that you could have in in a swap or a merge where those extra votes like really matter. That's true. That also could change the perception of what Noelle was able to do with the advantage she got. Mm -hmm. Like there could be a sense, depending on how she describes it, of like, I wanted to take out a heavy hitter. All I was able to do is to keep myself immune. And this is how the votes played out. Like that could be an interesting scenario that it'll be great to see unfold. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Anything on the, the Coco tribe? I thought Carla did a very good job with the with the bead situation. Oh, she nailed the beats. It yeah. was fantastic the way that she was able to, to do that and talk with everybody and it made it feel so natural. And I was impressed that she like got specific beads too, as opposed to just like taking <laughs> all the beads. Like as is uh, I was very impressed. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it was interesting. It was is twofold in terms of how impressive it was to me, because in, on one hand, it felt like in a in acquiring the beads, she seemed like she made even more social progress where like yes. people were like, oh, my God, you're giving me your earrings. Such a nice gesture. Uh, yeah. And like people were like grateful that she was taking their beads. Um, and then on on the other hand, I think for us watching, it was a great um, indication that her social game is like really on point because mm-hmm. she knew exactly what each person would want. The fact that she's like, OK. Ryan's girlfriend loves turquoise. So I'm going to give him the turquoise. Like I was like, Oh wow. She really knows what she's doing here. Yeah, no, she, it was a fantastic performance by her. I feel like it's hard to argue that she wouldn't be number one. If you're doing a a ranking for the stock watch. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. Okay. I'm excited to see what they are. (laughs) It's a great Um, performance. And yeah, just being able to build trust in a way such you put it in such a great perspective. An advantage intended to like reduce your game or impact you negatively felt like it improved her game in all aspects. Yeah. Like it not only it allowed her to have moments with people to have a further connection with them while g- gaining an idol. Like it just in every way, I feel like it ultimately was a positive for her to make that move. Yeah, totally. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So, uh, anything else? Any other, any other standout players? Anything else? Any other thoughts from the, uh, the season? Uh, something I was meaning to go back and look at. So, Noelle gets the advantage of, mm. of the steal vote. Is that... Is, is it just a piece of paper that she was given or is it like a physical item sort of like what Gabler got? I assume it's just a piece of paper for the steal of vote. See, I kind of I miss the era of like making fake idols, but yeah. there, there doesn't there's not like a reason to do that. Like everything they're prompted like they're 
people don't expect them to just naturally exist in that way. I'd love if they had physical representations for advantages to yeah. try to convince people of like, this is a steal of out is what I have in my hands right now. Like they could do that, implement that. I would love that for the modern game. Is yeah. this something that they've removed? I think not purposefully, but just they haven't, there hasn't been an alternative to it yet. That I'd love to see come back. Like the, the stick with a face on it that Eliza tried to use. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. This yeah. is a steal of oath. This is a stick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I missed that. That's an element of the show that I always really enjoyed. Um, and it just hasn't really been able to exist in modern, this modern iteration that we're currently in. Yeah, I really like that idea. I think that because it's tricky with the fake idols and stuff nowadays, too, because they always do come with like, like the documentation of like authenticity yes. basically with the notes that they come with. Um, I like the idea of, you know, let's just uh, post the rules for idols publicly uh, in the middle of mm-hmm. camp. Like if you have an idol, you can read the rules about it here. If you find it th- like, and this is what it looks like. So if you find yes. it, this is, this is uh, that's what, this is what it is. And this is how it works. Um, and then, yeah, you can like study like, okay, it looks like this. Let me try and like fake one here. <laughs> Uh, I like that idea. Yeah, I, I think we've come up with a lot of great innovations as far as idle design and implementation going forward between the hats, clothing items. <laughs> now we got fake, fake vote idle things. What would that be? What would the clothing item be for a fake? What is the steal of that? Is that like a, a, a ring or a bracelet or mm. what is that? I think this can't be too complex. Yeah, I think the steal of vote has to be like uh, maybe like a like a, a shell. Like a like a clamshell Ooh. kind of thing, like it's like holding that. a like it's holding a vote inside. That's good. Yeah. I like where your headset with that. <laughs> you think Cody, if he continues to progress in the game, will just keep building other forms of clothing? Because <laughs> we've got the hat. Like, can we get like a shirt? Can we get like maybe overalls? Like, what are the limits? What are the ends of which he could create? I I would hope that if he survives all the way until the end, uh, that he is eventually just yeah in full. Full dress of uh, <laughs> yeah. w- uh, woven clothing from pom yeah. or whatever. I think he needs to make an addition every travel he shows up to. Like yeah. It'd be one sock at a time and we could just progressively get bigger. <laughs> That'd be a great bit for somebody to have on the show. He shows up to Final Tribal uh, and they're like, uh, Cody, why do you deserve to win? And you just <laughs> look at me. <laughs> I'm wearing my proof. Yeah. Do you need I earned anything all else? Of these. <laughs> That's great. Oh boy. Great idea though. I I like, uh, I I like, I like your approach here. Well, I just, I miss it. I miss that aspect of the game because it was in a time in which there were less people watching, or at least it felt like there were less people watching. One of the ways I try to convince people that they should check out survivor is there is a level of, it's obviously like really deep strategy and social game. And I love all that, Mm. but to an extent, there's also just trolling in it. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a really entertaining aspect of the game when done well um, that I've missed. I've missed seeing a fake idol. It's just paper for like all the well, yeah, an equivalent to the idol, obviously, but like mm-hmm. a steal of vote type thing. I, I would love to see physical representations of all advantages as opposed to just an idol. Yeah. So have you have you watched much Big Brother in the past? zero i haven't seen any it's a huge blind spot for me i'm sure i would love it but i've never seen an episode of big brother oh yeah you definitely need to get into it i because one of the especially if if for people that like survivor usually the biggest thing holding them back from watching big brother is that survivor tends to take itself pretty seriously 
Um, and like, there are like funny bits to it and it's kind of funny sometimes that they take themselves so seriously. Um, Mm -hmm. big brother, uh, usually if people bounce off, it's because like they turn on the first episode and people are getting slimed with blue slime in their face. And they're talking about how they need to like, (laughs) I need to hold on to this giant weenie in order to survive this competition. (laughs) Um, I feel like you might actually appreciate some of that. Oh, Absolutely. No, you're just you're selling me further on it. The thing that you're saying is attracting people. I'm all in. Yeah. Because we're watching like like that. The weenie thing. This was this is the this season. The final three HOA, the final three competition. Uh Very important. Very high stakes. uh, And it's very dramatic. And the competition is there are giant hot dogs that they need to literally wrap their arms around and hold on to as it shakes around and tries to like buck them off. Like it's a bull. Uh, and they're taught and they're literally like, I was holding on to the weenie for dear life. <laughs> that's great. Cause you don't, that's one of the reasons why I love the challenge so much is because it's, it's social politics, but it's really messy and ridiculous. And like the points of conflict are insane. Like you'll have Josh screaming over somebody stealing his cheese pizza or like, <laughs> people getting thrown off the show because of a brawl that started over someone throwing like spaghetti out the window of a yeah. moving vehicle. Like it's just, it's a, a social game that is also really cheesy or corny for, for how it is just because of the players that play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see. So big brother, they implement that within the challenges themselves. Oh yeah. Like it's the ridiculousness is built in. That's fascinating. Very, very that. ridiculous. Um, and, and the game is really interesting too, because you know, in Survivor, it's it's for the most part, it's you get a group of people together. You have a majority barring, you know, immunity idols and other weird mm-hmm. like things that they've thrown in. You kind of like you've got it on Big Brother. Uh, how it works is that you compete and there's one winner in the competition. Instead of them being just being immune, they have the ability to nominate two other players for eviction or elimination. Uh, and then everyone else votes just on those two people. So it gives a lot of power to the person that wins the the head of household competition. And what that means is that you can be in the minority of the house. You can be like, you can be one of two people completely on the outs. If you win that HOH, the head of household, um, Mm -hmm. you, you and your allies are completely safe. You can keep them safe. You can nominate two people from the big majority group and one of them has to go. Um, So what, what's, what's interesting about that is that you have to be a lot more, like in Survivor, it's always valuable to be like, just because you're in a majority alliance doesn't mean you should ignore everyone else, right? You should always have maintain those relationships. Yeah. On Big Brother, that's even more important because any one person can win that competition. And wow, that's really interesting. And then you also get into like, because that one person holds a lot of power, there's a lot of ability to like, okay, if I can manipulate this person into doing what I want, um, then like I can kind of control this behind the scenes. Uh, while they take all the heat for it. And so there's a, there's a lot of interesting potential in big brother. It doesn't always go fulfilled. Um, sure. Uh, but, uh, but there's some, some really great uh, stuff uh, from it. That sounds great. It, it seems like a thing that would have a really fascinating evolution of strategy. Oh much yeah. Like survivor did. Like I could see early seasons making a lot of choices based purely on who you enjoy living with, which I imagine that that is not nearly as big of consideration in modern big brother. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I actually did a a whole podcast on the, the evolution of the alliance structure in big brother. Oh wow. Uh, because, uh, it's really, it is fascinating because secrecy matters a lot more in big brother. Um, because you can, you can hide your alliance 
more easily because you're only voting between two people. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's easier to do it. And it's very important because if you are a secret alliance, then um, if people don't know that they need to make sure that it's two people from your alliance that are on the block, then as long as you do have the majority, if you can convince them to put one, even just one person from your alliance and then one other person not in your alliance, you'll always have the numbers to keep them safe. Uh, so wow. secrecy matters a lot. And then also just like the overall, and, and it, it's interesting how the, the strategy has developed from, from early on. And it was kind of like perfected in a, in a, in a way in, uh, in sort of like the last, you know, five or I guess now eight years. Um, and, and we're now sort of seeing like a rebound from that where like there, the game seemed like it was solved, but now we're seeing more social players who are more like on the outs and not winning competitions are, are starting to be able to really like, uh, come through. So it's, it's, it is interesting. I, it's, uh, I really, I really enjoy it. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm definitely going to give that a, a watch. I'll, I'll start that as soon as we're done here. Honestly, I'm, I'm excited to start. Should awesome. I go from the beginning or is there like a, a key season that I should begin with or to really I mean, appreciate it today? If you're really going to like dedicate yourself, I think it's always fun to go from the beginning. Um, okay. If you're, if you're like, let me, let me, you know, dabble. Let me uh, stick mm-hmm. my toe in the water. Um, there are some, some particularly good seasons like season 20, I think is a pretty good entry. Season 17 is another one that lies uh, in terms of like modern seasons that were good. Season 10 is one of the, best uh but it's one that like you know you might you you can either start if you if you start or if you start and you're like i'm not sure about this one at least try 10 if as like your last resort um but otherwise like having having a bit more knowledge of like how the game usually goes uh is is fun to have before you watch 10 because then you're like oh boy um (laughs) so that sounds great yeah um good stuff yeah, and that sounds fascinating too because with the live feeds, uh, a problem I have with Survivor at times, and it's been a little bit better the most recent season with this one, um, is this sort of struggle between covering it. Survivor, I enjoy Survivor almost like a sport. Yeah. Like I really like the social strategy of it and seeing the mistakes that people make and why people come to the decisions that they come to. But that's not necessarily what they've always leaned into. Like I have found there's certain votes in the past where it's like, okay, that was shocking, but not at all satisfying because I have no idea why they got there. And it could be this, this sort of strange balance. I think of like comparing a a sport where it's like, I want to see every aspect of how this existed and why I understand why the result is what it is. Cause I got to see it all as opposed to survivor, which at times felt like they really thought that creating these big moments and kind of covering choices or, or the decisions that led there. So I imagine with live feeds, it's a whole other experience of you just see everything. Absolutely. You have kind of a better feel as far as the game goes. And that's really cool. Yeah. Like what I usually tell people is survivor episodes are more put together. They're more sort of like artistic Um, Mm -hmm. in part because they've had they have like months to put these episodes together in Big Brother. They're, you know, every episode they they do three episodes a week. and every episode is, is, you know, edited together over the course of a few days, uh, because it's all happening live. Um, and, uh, and so the episodes themselves can be a little bit, uh, you know, of, of lesser <laughs> artistic merit, I would say. Sure. Um, but yeah, the thing that makes big brother for me is, is the live feeds and, and getting a, a sense of like what's happening. 
um, yeah. for real and seeing like how that translates to an episode. Uh, that's all super fun. Um, obviously you don't really get the live feed experience if you're going back to, to watch a season after the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but even so, you know, you do, you tend to get most of what you need strategically in the episodes, uh, at least for big brother us. Um, and, uh, and there are like, um, I've, I've started to go back, uh, to previous seasons and like, do these, we call them blockumentaries, uh, mm -hmm. where we kind of go back over the, uh, the old seasons and I, I, I go through the, the live feed archives and sort of provide that context, um, okay. with the, with the recaps, but, but in general, like, you know, obviously live feeds are tough to watch, uh, all the mm -hmm. time. So a lot of people do rely on, um, you know, people like me who do podcasts on the live feeds every day. Sure. Um, yeah, which Makes is, sense. uh, which is, which is fun. Um, yeah uh check out big brother you also have um you have something interesting that i think people listening to this podcast would would probably be pretty interested in uh and this is a rooster teeth production um yes you guys have be, because of uh your love of survivor and and i i feel like you have to take and i could be wrong but i feel like you have to take <laughs> some credit for this right because you are the one that got like jeff and gavin into survivor i feel like survivor wasn't really much of a thing in the world of rooster teeth uh, prior to you really pushing it. I think some people might've been into it. I know Bernie was like a big, amazing yeah. race person way back when, but, um, I feel like you, 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 I feel like you have some credit for this, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's actually an interesting question. I don't know how responsible I am for them watching it. I know, uh, Trevor, who is one of the, the creators of it and the host of it, uh, his partner grew up loving survivor. Um, so that was, I think, more of his point of entry with it. But yeah, creating a, a Risk Teeth production called Survive Block Island, which is a sort of survivor-like game, but entirely set in Minecraft. Yeah, uh, is is the show that they they produce, and I'm in the most recent season of as season two meltdown. Yes, so that's been a really cool experience to be part of. Um, as somebody who loves Survivor and sort of these type of games, um, being on the other side. Of, of someone who watches and studies and now actually having played a kind of version of it um, has been quite the experience. Yeah. So it's, I think four episodes in so far. Um, and uh, I think the fourth episode for uh, watching it, um, not going to spoil anything, but a uh, great episode. Um, very fun. Yeah. It's, I think it's a fascinating and I'd like your take on this. I think very entertaining, but also just like bizarre voting mechanic, like the decisions <laughs> that people make, like yeah. none of it makes like sense on the surface level. It's been really interesting seeing a community of people get introduced to like a survivor style game this way, because like a lot of excitement over the move and I'm not criticizing anyone or spoiling what happened in the episode. But I feel like it worked because everybody made the least optimal decision they could make. <laughs> and if anyone would have made their optimal choice, it doesn't work the way it should. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating, I, fascinating thing in that way. I think what's fun about Survive Block Island. So uh, you can um, I, I, I never know is you can watch it. I think a couple of the episodes on YouTube. Um, yeah, I don't know so if the, all the of the episodes will eventually one. be on YouTube. So they're currently re-releasing the first season on YouTube okay, right now. I don't know if they plan on doing that with the second season. So if you want to watch the second season, you have to be a first member, which is like a subscription for uh, RiskTruth.com. There's all sorts of other content you can watch with it. It's, it's great. 
Um, but yeah, eventually, assuming it has the same trajectory and whenever season three comes out, they will release season two week by week on YouTube simultaneously. OK, so season one is currently being released on uh, on YouTube uh, free to watch yes. for, for everyone. Um, and, and yeah, it's it's basically like a mini game of Survivor in Minecraft. If anybody, uh, you know, used to watch like games of sequester or any of these like uh, you know, fun sort of like side uh, or uh, there's even like, there's a lot of like uh, college campus survivor uh, yes. online shows that uh, the people are big fans of. Um, it's, it's very much in the vein of that, but in a video game um, and you don't need to know anything about Minecraft to watch it or follow along. Um, totally. That's yeah. uh, in fact, most of the people playing don't know anything about Minecraft. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> It was very funny for like, I'd want to say three or four people of a 12 person cast had never played Minecraft before being part of this competition. So seeing that was an interesting part of it for sure. Yeah. And the episodes are, they're like, they're like 30 minutes and uh, it is, you know, it's rooster teeth. So it's like, there's a lot of like humor and like it, it doesn't take itself a hundred percent seriously, but the production value is actually like pretty cool. Like they, there's lots of like, you know, establishing shots and like uh, yep. like it's it's actually pretty well put together. It's 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 really I really do think that uh, the people uh, who obviously listen to this podcast would, would enjoy it. Yeah, the production on it is incredible. I'm so impressed by everything they can do. And it's such a the fact that they capture everything as well as they do. It's such a, a short game, like the, the entirety of the series is filmed in a week. Mm-hmm. So it's nine episodes across five days. So you're constantly it moves really quickly. Um, so for them, the coverage they do and also just having an interesting perspective of somebody who is in it and seeing like what is edited out or what is removed. There's a, a funny moment in the first episode where they're doing like a, a kind of a shot that is showing one of the camps and you could see all these blocks in the sky and <laughs> I placed them there with somebody else on the show trying to find something that ended up being nothing. It didn't make the episode at all, but it's just it's funny seeing like your impact in the world. Uh, in a show like this and just is creating um yeah just being on the other side of it as someone who's been a fan and then getting to play and uh, going through that experience and maybe things not going necessarily the way that you anticipated them going yeah uh it's it's uh very fun um so uh make sure you check that out if uh if you're if you're listening to this um is there anything else we should touch on uh anything else we should touch on that's survivor specific i have kind of a question about and this is a general statement with survivor i guess and Mm. and i'd like to hear your thought as somebody who talks to people in this world quite a bit i so i went on meltdown which is the second season of survive block island and Mm. i kind of went in with this philosophy somebody who knows the game and typically being pretty good at video games I thought that I was going to be this huge challenge threat mm. and that like I'd have to worry kind of like before merge sort of at around that time if you know no spoilers or anything just saying like hypothetically going into the game this is what I thought um, and it didn't go that way at all for me I in the very first challenge I make maybe the biggest <laughs> blunder in the, the series by far <laughs> it's this challenge where you have to run out find a puzzle piece in like this forested area they created and then run back to your base with it and I grabbed the piece and I unknowingly dropped it <laughs> and I ran all the way back, realized I didn't have it. So they all knew I screwed up, then went out. I wasn't sure if I, I dropped it or if I just never pulled it from the chest it was in. So I just decided to go to a different chest. I pulled that piece. So now all the pieces are pulled from the chest and the person that needs to go find my piece 
isn't aware that I just threw it randomly. <laughs> um, it was disastrous. And that greatly impacted my perception of what I would be doing <laughs> going forward. So it'd be fascinating. I don't know. Have you ever had an interaction with someone who has been on Survivor that kind of went in with the belief that they would be this type of player and then due to the circumstance of the game or maybe how they played, realized, oh, this isn't actually at all going to line up with what I thought was going to happen. And then having to go through like an adjustment period of well, what actually what type of player am I within the context of this game? Oh, yeah, that happens all the time, actually. Like uh, it's it's a huge part of like a lot. A lot of people go into these games. <clears throat> they have a certain perception of themselves and, and what they're capable of and what they will do. And a huge part of being successful at them is being able to adapt uh, if that turns out to not be true, because you can even you can be the most self-aware person in the world. Um, but, you know, so much of it is luck. You go in and it's the yes. people around you uh, like you can be. Uh, you know, because you see this happen, you know, on both Big Brother and Survivor, like, uh, you know, big jock character. You're used to being mm-hmm. well liked, uh, being great at everything. You go to the challenges and you suck at them. Um, and the most of the people around you are, you know, Survivor nerds uh, who don't care that you're a jock. Um, and you have to like if you can't adapt to that different environment in the in the different way that like people now see you then you're going to be you have no chance there's no way you're going to be able to win the game self-awareness is such a key element of like knowing your own journey knowing your own story um and being able to recognize what it is and then adapt your game accordingly and like fit 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 it to what you're capable of um there's a there's a big brother winner that i think is a great example of like a very self-aware person he was like a very um you know very socially awkward uh at times had a very big like social blunder early on Mm -hmm. um and was like just a really um you know a nerdy guy but completely understood the game and understood his position in it and just was always making the optimal decision for knowing that he had limitations um and uh and it was a very successful sort of like way for him to navigate the game despite the fact that he you know would otherwise seem like he shouldn't be as good at the game that's really interesting yeah i think that was something i never really considered i guess the closest i could think of it being covered within the game itself and i haven't watched this season in a long time so i don't even know if necessarily they covered it as extensively as i feel like they did was colby and heroes versus villains Mm. And that's like a completely different layer of like a past history. Like I've mm-hmm. never played a game like this. It's not, it's just more of my perception of based off what my skill set is going into it, not aligning with how things go in the first episode of that challenge for me. Um, there's a real like fascinating sort of, I don't know, depressing feels like too strong of a word, but like what if I'm not like, I was so convinced that this is how things would go for me. And I plan for this. I never factored in a scenario in which I would be viewed as like a bottom player, like a potential goat, Mm -hmm. like somebody that you'd easily move from in the process of like sorting through that and also adjusting your strategies. You you said like adapting to the realities of what is currently happening is definitely an exercise and is, I think a hurdle that probably a lot of players go through to some extent. Yeah. It's tricky too, because you come in with the, with the reputation where everyone is like, I don't trust him. He's going to betray us <laughs> so like, That's, to, have, yeah. to have both that perception and the perception that like you're not providing a lot of value. is like a very tricky yeah. place to be. 
that's the the like sort of the advantage and disadvantage of I went into this series not knowing a majority of the cast. I think I maybe knew mm. eight people or so where a lot of people are tied to the company directly. There are a few people that stream independently, but a lot of these people have built in relationships. So it's sort of a fascinating going into something like Survivor. Uh, you have a lot more time to establish relationships and you don't necessarily know each other unless it's like a returning player season. So having to factor in those variables um, was interesting. And yeah, the, as you said, my reputation of being like a really kind of sneaky person <laughs> who's good at games, like I could kind of hide behind, like if I have a value in the beginning, I'll be fine until the end. But it was a fascinating shift of, oh man, like I very publicly completely <laughs> botched this challenge. If I'm in a position in which I could be voted out, I don't know how my name wouldn't be in the conversation around that. How do I try to reverse those talks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how the how the rest of it plays out. I'm excited to be able to talk to you about it once it is fully aired. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> like this. I enjoy it's so cool to be part of the thing and wanting to talk about it. But I'm also so worried about spoiling any aspect of mm. it uh, being in the middle of that. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, we'll come back together. We'll do we'll do like a full podcast uh, talking about your experience. I'd absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for uh, for doing this with me. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this has been so much fun. This is honestly a little terrifying to do because Survivor is like such a I love it so much. And it's just for I never really engaged in the online community side of it. And I don't know, it's like this strange fear of like not being accepted by the fandom you really like because you just you're not involved in it in mm-hmm. that way. And I, I know some people are, but um, thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to have this conversation with you about the game. And uh, I would love to do something like this again in the future. Yeah, no, I totally understand the fear too. When I, when I started podcasting about big brother, I fully expected, uh, like nobody, nobody to like me at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's just, that's like a relatable struggle to me. Just general, yeah. just like a day to day, like a lack of confidence. Of, yeah. I will say though, I think, I think, uh, you did a great job here. I think that, um, you know, for, especially like, um, I, I, I don't think I would have known that you didn't have a lot of exposure to the online community, uh, based on like, oh. even just the way you're talking about the game. I think like, uh, you seem to have a really good, uh, hold on it. Oh, thank you so much. That that actually does mean a lot. And uh, I'm excited to get more involved in this. I don't know. As I said, it was a weird thing of growing up, not really having people to talk to about Survivor. I just really wouldn't discuss it with anyone. And I think that somehow created like a thing in my head of like, well, I just am not going to search for these places because they don't have ways to interact with people in my personal life about these things outside of my mom. And those are like, <laughs> you don't really have so much of an extensive talk in that regard. Um yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been awesome. Yeah, and uh, it's very much like uh, uh, like fanboy moment for me as well because uh, I'm a huge fan oh. of uh, of f- face. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, I'm very, so sorry. I'm so sorry we named our show that. It's terrible. I feel so bad. It really it it has been. I've because I've t- I've told like I've talked on my stream about it before. I'm just like it's uh-huh. it's called um <laughs> uh it's you search for it with like an f and then two stars and then a k <laughs> uh <laughs> <It's a> disaster <laughs> yeah i always whenever i try to talk to people about it i lean heavily into the origin because it's a reference to a baseball card mm-hmm. and that's a funny story i think you kind of have expectations when you hear the name that is going to be this very graphic thing and i yeah. think the show at times is surprisingly wholesome for yeah. what it's called it's about um, like friendship and supporting each other yeah <laughs> it's like 
yeah, friendship and supporting each other and like just embracing the times in which you're a complete idiot and yeah. laughing about it and learning to like move on from those moments. Um, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily read in the message. So I always like sometimes I reached out to a, a Apple company, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a company that not not Apple, the company, a company that literally makes apples yep. and having to like bridge that gap and be like, yeah, this is what we're called. Uh, it's a baseball card thing. <laughs> baseball card thing i know it's a bad name it's a baseball card thing i think you might enjoy this um it's always a hurdle but yeah thank you so much for listening as well it means a lot to us yeah uh all right well um is where where can people find you if they want to check out these these various things oh I, yeah i guess roosterteeth.com uh or just you know face on any podcast app f star star k face as you said <laughs> um where else? I guess Twitter. I'm at Andrew Panton. If you want to follow me there, we have an Instagram account and a Twitter account for the, the podcast, which is, I believe, this face pod. Any of those places work, I guess. I'm bad at self-promotion. I've never really had to do th- this. is the first time I've done a podcast outside of a rooster teeth thing. Oh, this has been an interesting experience. How, how, how is it? How, is, is it? Is it? Is it like uh, is it strange and scary? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But like doing the Rooster Teeth show was strange and scary yeah. up until like a week ago. Like it was ninety-seven episodes of fear for me, and this kind of brought back those feelings of being terrified. Mm-hmm. And just I didn't realize I'm bad at self-promotion. I'm really I need to work on that. It's I had no right. idea. I was not prepared. I was taken off guard when you're like, say something about yourself. Ever everyone's fun. everyone's bad at self-promotion. I think I think it's a. <laughs> It's a natural Great. thing. Um, <laughs> well, uh, as always, you can find me uh, on, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Tyron Armstrong and all of the, all kinds of other things. I'm going to have another Survivor podcast uh, talking specifically about episode three. Um, that's going to be with uh, the recent winner of Big Brother Canada, uh, Kevin Jacobs. So uh, make sure you check that out uh, later this week. I apologize again for the lack of Survivor content uh, up until now, but uh, hopefully if you are a Big Brother fan, you saw the six and a half hour deep dive I did with uh, the most recent winner of Big Brother. Uh, that That's why. That's that's uh, That was the cause for the delay, but uh, hopefully it was worth it. Um, and that's about what we've got. So thank you all so much for joining and I will see you next time yeah Taryn's back to give you deeds again he's digging deep on survival to find you everything you need so if your life is packed let Taryn and his friends break down the episode beyond what the casual sees With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.